Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And it reads as follows. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. In today's installment of the Art of Living series, we're talking about responsibility. You may be seated. Now, here's, here's my thesis statement. The thesis statement of this, of this sermon today is it, it, gathered around responsibility. Listen to this. Responsibility is the result of engagement. Responsibility is the result of engagement. However, we will only be responsible to the degree we value the engagement are those with which we are engaged. Let's wrestle with this just for a minute. I'm going to do my very best not to be so professorial in this moment. But you, you have to hear this. Responsibility is the result of engagement. Anything you engage in, you will ultimately produce responsibility. No matter what level, no matter how deep the responsibility goes, no matter how, how broad it is, sometimes it's very narrow, sometimes it's deeper, it's wider. But whatever the case is, you have to understand that as you engage, a direct result of that engagement is responsibility. So it's going to come. But the reality is we will only be responsible to the degree that we value that engagement or even that we value those who we are engaged with. And so if that be true, if that be true, here's, here's, here's something that, that shocked me. It is quite possible for someone to have responsibilities yet not be responsible. Y'all like, duh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't need to say amen to that. I'm living that right now. It is quite possible for us to garner responsibilities, but because we have, we have not grown at the pace we engage, we are now the bearers of responsibilities that we don't even have the capacity to be responsible for. Uh, we talked about this uh, a couple of nights ago in, in relationships. Shout out to all you all who came out to relationships. It was great. We had a great time on Friday night. Uh, when, 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 the, when the Bible tells us not to engage in intercourse before marriage, it's not just so that uh, we stay holy and clean. Now, that, is, that is a good reason. But beyond us staying holy and clean, he says that we ought not do that. Paul says because it's the only sin, sexual sin, is the only th sin that that goes against our own flesh. The reason why the scripture tells us not to do so is because it removes us from the ability to be sober in our decision making. So if we are, if we are not careful, we will engage without sobriety. And this is why we got to be very careful in, in who we do life with, in who we call our friends, in, in who we allow to come into our house. Because, see, I know a lot of times, you know, we, we, have, we have these bleeding hearts and we want to help the whole world, but then we get mad when the world is in your house. What you mad for? You were the great humanitarian. You, you're the one that wanted to open your door. So now you are, you, through the engagement, now you are left with the responsibility. Therefore, if one would desire to become responsible, they must first attribute value to those they are responsible to and to that which they are responsible for. So if, if I'm going to become a responsible person, whatever responsibilities I have in my life, I have to first attribute value to that person or to that scenario so that I can be responsible for it. You are not going to be responsible for anything you don't value. I don't care how big the paycheck is. 
I don't, I don't care whose name is on it. If you don't value it, you won't be responsible for it. Just survey your life for a minute. Just go in there for a minute. Go in there. Think about last week. Before last. And certain things that you, that you people that you treated haphazardly, folk that you walked over, things that you, that you just, you know, forgot about. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Things that just so happened to not happen that you were responsible for. Why did it get to that place? Well, I would present to you that it was because you lacked a level of value to that thing, to that person, to that relationship. And because you did not value it to a greater degree, you were not responsible for it. So if we're going to become responsible people, we must, we must attribute value. So then the question is big. How do we develop value? How do we develop value? We develop value by understanding purpose and then determining worth. Number one, let's deal with that first piece. Understanding purpose. What is the purpose for this relationship? So it's not just to be Baha'u'llah, Buddha. It's not for that. It's not just that. It has to be a deeper purpose that we're in this relationship. There has to be a deeper purpose for me being here. There has to be a deeper purpose for me having to go through this scenario. There has to be a deeper purpose for me to, to have this. And so don't just take things as they are. Make sure you understand the purpose of it. Get an, get a, get an answer to the why. Many times we, we blow past the why and we miss the whole crux of the relationship, the whole crux of the work that we're called to. Make sure that you are able, that you are able to find out, to determine, to understand the purpose. You need to ask yourself a question. Everybody, here it is, this is, this is going to be good. Uh, for those of you who have iPhones, and I'm sure Androids have this capacity as well, uh, you, you have the ability to determine how many contacts are in your phone. And for the, for the majority of you, unless you're rocking with a jitterbug, the majority of you probably have more than 100 contacts in your phone. Very simple, very simple process. Now ask yourself, out of these 100 plus, however many contacts you have, What's the purpose of having all those phone numbers? Because I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that in this season of your life, there are probably some people you can delete from your contacts. And here's the sad reality. Our phones are a metaphor for our life. Our phones are a metaphor for our life. The more useless contacts you have in your phone, if we look in your life, there are probably useless relationships and useless engagements. I don't want to get too deep here, but um, the, more, the more consistent you are, you probably had your phone number long. The reality is, is that many times, if we don't understand the purpose, we won't be well with it. And we will just allow it to linger on, and it will just hang out, and it will just be there, and we won't ascribe any genuine purpose to it, and it will just be an ambient concept whether it's a phone, in, a number in your phone, or whether it's a relationship that you should have cut off years ago. Or whether it's an obligation that you don't even know why you do it. So we have to understand the purpose. Everything that you do in your life ought to have a purpose. Everywhere you go, it ought to have a purpose. Everything, the clothes you put on ought to have a purpose. The conversations you have ought to have a purpose. The decisions you make, they ought to have a purpose. Some of us 
are wasting decisions on things that don't involve us. Let me free somebody. You don't have to waste your time deciding on whether you're going to like or comment on everything somebody else posts. Imagine how much time you spend consumed with whether you're going to like something or not. Consumed with whether you're going to respond or comment to something or not. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose? And not only must we understand purpose, but we also must understand worth. I, I'm declaring this in your hearing right now so that you can begin to live a free life, a whole, a strong, a prosperous life. Some of us are entangled with too many things that are useless that are worthless. You have to begin to survey your life and the engagements and the relationships and determine how much is this relationship worth. I'm not just talking about in dollars and cents. I'm talking about in your time because whether you believe it or not, your time is your most valuable commodity. Wait two weeks, you'll probably get another check. But you will not get another Thursday. That, after, that the one that's passed. August 19th, 2018, you only get one. And if the Lord blesses you to wake up tomorrow, you will only get one Monday, August the 20th. So you have to ask yourself, how am I spending my day? What is worth my time and what is not worth my time? Some of these engagements, some of these conversations, some of these things that we, are, that we are a part of, they're not worth our time, family. They're not worth our time. And, and here it is. Here's something I've learned. Because we engage so much with the worthless, we give to those who are worth more less. Because we've spent ourselves with the worthless. And this is why the people that mean the most of us, most times they feel undervalued, they feel underappreciated, and they feel as if they don't matter. Not because they don't matter to us, but because we've spent all of our resource on the worthless. And by the time we get to those and the, and the matters that, that, that matter the most to us, we are already spent. We have to determine Value, and we do that by understanding purpose and determining worth. Now let's break down this scripture, and then we'll go home. He starts off by saying, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Here's the first admonishment that Paul gives us as a place of responsibility. Are you ready for this? We must be responsible for those we cover. Now, this may not be for everybody, but it, it probably will fall to everybody's lot at some point in time. You will have to cover somebody. Cover them in prayer, cover them spiritually, cover them fiscally, cover them relationally. Some of you may, <clears throat> may, may have to literally provide a shelter for somebody. Anybody who's under your covering, anybody who's under your care, anybody who's under your sphere of influence, whether you like them or not, they are your responsibility. And you have to know that you are responsible for them. Now, here's the amazing thing. He says, those of you who are spiritual, that word there simply means those who have gained a level of spiritual maturity. Those who have gained a level of spiritual maturity. And spiritual maturity is not equated or, or is not measured by how much you know about God, but it is equated by how much you reflect God. I can tell your spiritual maturity by how quick your temper is. I can tell how spiritually mature you are by how quick you're able to forgive. By how hard and how long you hold the grudge. 
by how accepting and understanding you are. He says, those of you who are in that space, you are called to go to that one who is, who is caught in a transgression of any matter, and you are to restore them, build them back up, organize them again, put them back in order in a spirit of meekness, in a spirit of gentleness. Now, let me, let me help you here, because I know everybody is ready to come for somebody else. And everybody got a rod and everybody ready to judge and everybody buying their black robes and they got their gavels and, and they going to get their bench and they ready, they, they ready to do it. They ready, they ready to, 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 to just lay it all out. But here, here is the thing that you have to understand about that. If you're going to correct me, you got to carry me. And if you ain't got enough girth and muscle to hold me up, don't open your mouth to correct me. This is why I challenge every man and woman that come to me and tell me they're ready to pastor people. Because there's nothing to get in front of people and, 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 and preach a sermon that cuts everybody and pierces everybody. Then drop the mic and go to your house and not deal with them. But it's another thing altogether to have to be in their life. And have to hold them up. And after you've told them the truth of God's word. And you've been, you've been circumspect in the teaching of the word. And now they're in a broken place. Or even they're at a defiant place. They're at a rebellious place. You don't drop them. You hold them. You carry them. Because not only am I called to correct you. But I got to carry you. That's why after you got the whooping of your life. Mama was like come down here. Dinner ready. And you're like what? I thought you hated me. I thought you was kicking me out. My behind still hurt. Did you poison this food? Like, what's going on? What, like, what did you? No, because mama understood that even though she had to discipline you, she, see, she still has to provide for you. And so you got to be careful not to discipline anybody you're not going to provide for. Let them have the attitude. You still talk. Let them decide if they're going to love you or not. You got to be loving. Because this is the call of the responsible. This is the call of the spiritually mature. I know you don't like me right now, but I still love you. Come here, give me a kiss. I with your little mad self. Go on in there. Go on in there and take that bath. Go on in there. Go on in there and clean your life. Go on in there and fix that relationship. Go on in there and take this correction. Go on in there and take this submission. Go on in there and I'm going to be right here. Will you need me to give you counseling? Will you need me to talk to you? you need me to take care of you? you need me to do all of that? I'm going to be right here. And if you don't have that responsibility, shut up and sit down and get out of everybody's business. I love you. I love you. And we're going to live our best life. But you got to stop... Asking for responsibility, then get mad when you call to be responsible. You can't be a world changer and not have to deal with the weight of the world. Kofi Annan died this weekend. Like, who was that? What? <laughs> I thought you were talking about Aretha. Yeah, we, we all know Aretha went on the glory. Kofi Annan was the Secretary General of the UN from the 90s all the way to 2006. I believe the 90, probably, yeah, 90, 94, 96, all the way to 2006. He was the Secretary General of the UN. Now imagine everything that, that has all of the traumatic experiences that have happened in the world state, not just America, but imagine all of the genocides and atrocities that have happened from, from 1996 to 2006. And he had to stand as the Secretary General of the UN. He was literally responsible for the universal community or, or for the, the, the world community. Not always liked. Wasn't always the favorite of people, but he had to be consistent because he knew that he had a greater responsibility because he covered the whole world community, the international community. You have to understand whatever you're called to go or whatever you're called to have. And let me talk to all of you who are praying that you want to be wealthy and you want to have a business 
and you want to be your own boss and you want to employ people and you want to be a husband you want to be a wife you want to have babies all that good stuff that means that you are calling yourself to a place of covering others and you have to be willing and ready to maintain that responsibility even when you don't even like the people you're responsible for Here's what immaturity tells us. Immaturity tells us that if I don't like you, I don't have to be to you what I've been called to be to you. Here's what immaturity says. Immaturity says, if you don't treat me right, I no longer have to treat you right. But I know that you're mature when your love and your presence for somebody can be consistent no matter how they treat you. That's hard. That's hard as hell. And you literally have two nerves left. But if you're going to be who God called you to be, you have to be consistent. So he says, he says, if, if they're found in error, if they're found in a mess, I need you to I need you to go to them. One, I need you to go to them and I need you to restore them. But I need you to restore them with meekness. I need you to restore them with gentleness. Why does he tell us to do it with meekness and with gentleness? Because he knows that they're already in a fragile state. And contrary to popular belief, every punishment doesn't need a whooping. Ooh, help me, Jesus. Some punishments need example some punishments need perspective or some 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 things that happen okay all right come on no i'm not gonna whoop you no i'm gonna show you something let me take you somewhere i never forget my my my, my lovely wife uh one time we were having uh some issues with our with our beloved son and she 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 showed him uh so a, a picture of, of genitals with stds on it I know that's that's hard for somebody. Now I'm, I'm not going to whoop you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're no. I need you to see the consequences if you decide to act in this area. And sometimes you need to be shown things. And here's the thing: your your internal discipline may not always be the best remedy. And so although you've been called to restore them, you are also called to consider them, to consider what is the best response to what happens. Every parent should have a disciplining community. If you're the only person whooping and, and disciplining your child, you are illy preparing your child. You're making sure that your child will not be able to deal with society. There ought to be somebody else besides you that is giving discipline to that young one. There ought to be others who have a voice in their maturation. And this is why we have to come to the place that we determine that we are able in the times when we have to restore people, in the time that we have to correct people, that we are not just responding to our emotions to their actions, but because we are responsible as a disciplinarian, we have to consider what is the best response to the, what they've done so that they don't do it again. How many times have we disciplined each other relationships in different spaces according to how we felt about it not according to what God said to do y'all talk to me Moses missed the promised land this is the chosen man of God he is the great deliverer but because he disciplined is Egypt I mean Israel in a way that God didn't tell him to he missed destiny I know you're mad at them, but I didn't tell you to do all that. Make sure that we are doing what is appropriate for the season. We must be responsible for those who we cover. Then he also says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. 
The next thing we need to know is we must be responsible for ourselves and our actions. Mature, responsible, life-living people, hear me. The day is over for blaming other people for your inconsistency. The day is over for us saying, well, you know what, if, if mama had done this, if daddy had done this, if, 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 if I would have got that scholarship, if I would have got this, if I would have got that, guess what? You still have God. And anytime you, you, you lift up these excuses, you devalue your God. God can work through whatever situation you find yourself in if you submit yourself and if you be responsible. Yes, this is me. This is where I am. Let me keep watch of myself. You must be very careful that you don't allow yourself to lose sight of yourself. One of the hardest things for us to do as individuals is to be self-aware. Why is it hard for us to be self-aware? It's hard for us to be self-aware because genuinely and the majority of the time, the only image we have of ourselves is what has been spoken to us. Because before we were able to develop an image in a mirror, we, we have been subject to the voices of others in our life. And so some of us have had people our whole life, you beautiful, you a princess, ain't nobody greater than you. You the best, you the best, we the best. And you didn't have, you didn't heard that your whole life, and now that's what you believe. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you've been taught that without being fortified in that through your discipline and your action, you have a false perception of yourself. But that's how, that's, how you, that's how you actualize yourself because that's what's been spoken over you. Be very careful that you take responsibility for yourself and for your actions. The devil can't make you do anything. I know, I know you've heard it before, but it's really true. People can't make you do anything. Uh, you got to, you got to, they can threaten you. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, holler at me for a minute. Bow to this God or we're going to burn you up. Um, I don't want to be burnt. Let me just put that on the table right now. Anybody trying to get burnt up in here? I believe my God is able though. But even if he don't, I've determined in myself, we have determined, us three, we have determined, we're not going to bow to you. That's what we're not going to do. Long story short, they go in the fire and they come out of the fire. Imagine what power God would grant you in the midst of your denial of certain solicitations. Oh, somebody about to get built up before September. If you just... Can I, oh, there is power in your no. You don't have to acquiesce to everything. Well, if you don't do this and I ain't going to do and I ain't going to, and I don't know how you're going to make it. Without, I, you will make it without them. You do not have to acquiesce, especially if it's something that will cause you to belittle, berate yourself or go contrary to your God. Try saying no. Try it. I am responsible for myself. I'm not just about getting this car and go wherever y'all going. Where are we going? If I see you getting on the wrong freeway, I will make you stop on the off ramp. I'll call Caltrans or something. Uber freeway, I don't know. But I'm not going to stay in this car and allow you to take me somewhere that I don't want to go. The day is done for us allowing other people to have their hands on our obedience. I didn't mean to do it. They. Who is they? They are not you. They can go to hell. But are you going to go with them? You have to take responsibility for yourself. 
I don't care how heavy you got to rock the boat. I don't care how hard it makes it seem, even in your professional life. I mean, I know this, is, I know this is corporate policy, but this is unethical, and I'm not putting my name on this project. Well, if you, if you do this, then we're, we're going to have to think. Well, then, hey, do what you got to do. I'm going to see my check, though. My severance, do what you got to do. I'm going to be obedient to what's right and what's true, and I'm going to live the life that God has called me to live. You allow yourself to become responsible for your actions. Watch God empower every step you take. I promise you he'll do it. If you keep watch over yourself, you will be able to manage temptation at a better rate. Many of us, we fall into temptation because we have not kept our eyes on ourselves, but we've been looking at others. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Some of us are being tested right now. I feel the Lord encouraging me to tell somebody this. Keep your eyes. I don't know what that means to you. Keep your eyes on your own paper. You don't know how smart they are. You don't know if they studied for this exam of life. Okay. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is the heaviest one. I pray y'all don't cuss me out when I say this. We must be responsible for that which does not belong to us. Somebody like, eh, I was with you. We were together until you just told me I have to be responsible for stuff that don't belong to me. And I know that you have a thousand rebuttals already ready to tell me why you don't have to be responsible for what doesn't belong to you. I have one example that I'm probably sure will work. Answer me this. Which of the sins that Jesus bare on the cross belong to him? Give me all your arguments. Come on, I want to hear. I want to hear all your arguments. And my only rebuttal is, how many of the sins that he hung on the cross with belong to him? When you start counting me out sins that belong to him, and so he had to be on that cross because he had to pay back his debt, I'll tell you, you don't have to worry about the people in your life. You don't have to carry their burdens. You can just do you and not worry about them. But if you're a Christian, and that is the key question, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, there will come a season where you will be called to bear a burden that has nothing to do with you. You will be called to pay for stuff that you didn't buy. You will be called to get in a mess that you didn't create. You will be called to come to a place that you don't want to be in. But if you want to fulfill the law of Christ, you have to be willing to do so. If you don't want to do it, stop being a Christian. Go be a Hebrew Israelite. You can just cuss at everybody and not carry nobody. But if you want to be a Christian, you're going to have to walk with somebody through the valley of the shadow of death. If you want to be a Christian, you're going to have to love somebody that's unlovable. If you're going to, want to, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to be there even when you have somewhere better to be. Help me, Jesus. Because I got enough burdens. That's cute. I know, you got an, I, I know you got all them burdens, but you want a lot from me. You want to go to the nation. You want to be a baller. You want to have a, you want to have a big house. So guess what I'm going to do with them rooms? Fill them. You want to be generous. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to align needs to your generosity. We are called as believers to have to carry somebody's burden. Now listen to me clearly. You don't have to carry everybody's burdens. But your heart will be pricked and you will know when it's time. And here's the amazing thing. You won't have time to drop a press release. You won't have time to update your Facebook status. You won't have time to go Instagram live. Look how I'm helping people. You must determine in your mind right now, God, as complicated as my life is already, 
give me space and grace in my life for other people. Can we press into this for a minute? This is how pride and selfishness has crept into the church. Because we've been preached this gospel that was so self-centric. And we've preached this gospel that says, if you don't like them, go on somewhere else and do what you got to do and be where you make yourself happy and enjoy your life and do this and do that. And, and, and you don't have to do all of this. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you have to stay. Sometimes you have to be inconvenienced. Sometimes you have to talk to people that don't want to hear you. And instead of you getting tired of talking, you have to stay present. Change your language. Change your posture. They ain't hearing me. Go to the other ear. They ain't hearing me. Learn sign language. They ain't hearing me. Start typing in Braille. See, you got to understand, love is pervasive. We sing the song, your love never fails, it never runs out, never gives up on me, but you tired of them. And on and on and on it goes, it goes, I can't. It overwhelms and satisfies my soul, I'm done. I'm through. If you are going to follow Christ, you got to press in there, fam. You got a family. You got to press in. You have to press in and you have to determine within yourself, I'm fulfilling the law of Christ. So even though all of my carnal man says, forget you, all of my spirit says, I am with you. You have been given the capacity to do it. Here's how you know God has called you to do it. When you have the capacity to do so. And some of you are mad that you got the capacity. And you, and you make statements like, I ain't got time, I can't, such and such and such. Then appointments start canceling. And things start rearranging to where you actually get the time. So now you have the question, do I go with my alibi and not be a Christian? And be thought of as just important and busy? Or do I actually defy my flesh and show up for them, even though they don't deserve or merit my presence? Because this is when you really become like Jesus. When you show up for people that don't deserve for you to be there. When you provide for people that don't even appreciate your provision. That's when you really acting like Jesus, because it's not that we loved him. But that while we were yet in sin and while we had no desire to live for him, he was still cleansing us. He was still dying and saving us. And so if you want to fulfill the law of Christ, you're going to have to be responsible for that which does not belong to you. What does that mean? When? When is it over? When Jesus says so. You know that you can stop carrying somebody when they're strong enough to carry somebody. You know that your provision for somebody has completed when they're able to give provision to somebody else. And until they're there, you got to stay on call, family. You have to allow yourself to continue to be consistent in your life, in their life, because God has been consistent in yours. I love sitting down talking to brothers and say, how can I be a father to my son when my father wasn't there for me? Here's how. Stay. You got to read a whole bunch of books. You ain't, I, I promise you, the Holy Spirit is good enough to give you what you need when you get there. Just hang out, bro. Just, just hang out. Just stay there. Just stay. You tired as, as all get out. You ready to throw the kid. Just this. Well, your mama, hmm. just stay. Just stay. And in that space, God is going to build a consistency in you. He's going to build a dependency in them. And he's going to teach them how to be consistent and dependable. 
And what you need to know is every time you walk out on somebody's life, you have just pushed them back from becoming what God called them to be. Every time you throw up your hands and say, I can't and I'm through. Every time you take a less important appointment over that very important scenario. The moment you allow your busyness to be your alibi. You have just delayed their spiritual betterment. You have delayed their maturity. And when they do the same thing that they did the last time, you have to ask yourself, what didn't I invest in them so that they could be ready for the second time, for the third time, for the fourth time? Oh, that was right. You had an attitude. Oh, remember you didn't want to talk to them. Oh, remember you was in your feelings. Oh, remember you had a retreat. You, you, had, you had a staycation. You had a, you know, uh, you, know you, you had a party. You know, you, 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 had a, you had a Manny Petty appointment and, you know, let's be booked for weeks. And so I got to, you know. Yes, that's serious. Because these are the Christians that we're called to be. I promise I, I would love to preach cute sermons every week and, 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 and be happy and clapping. And you have no substance to, to challenge you to live a better life. But to hell with that. We're going to walk into heaven proud of the work we've done on earth. I, I don't, I don't want to pass through any people that's like, oh, we just, we drag it into heaven. Lord, I guess I made it. No, we're going to be like, I fought a good fight. I've run the race. I finished my course. And now was laid up for me a crown of righteousness. But because I'm humble, it ain't for me only, but it's for everybody who love him. Like, so yes, you're going to struggle here. But here's the tension you feel. Your flesh dying. If I don't agitate your flesh, I shouldn't be your pastor. If I don't leave you, uh, I don't leave you coming out here like, mm, what you mean? That's what the Israelites did with Ezra. Ezra read the, read the word and they came back on Monday like, yo, bro. Um, so you mean we got to do this every week? We're moving. He says, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We must be responsible for our perspective. Just because it's what you see doesn't mean it's what it is. Everything look weird in the dark. Everything look weird when your vision is impaired. And some of us are making judgment calls with impaired vision. You making judgment calls about people, about your situation, about your marriage, about scenarios, and you don't even have proper vision. You have to take time to make sure you're, I, I love when Jesus is healing the man who was blind and he puts the salve in his eyes and he says, what do you see? He says, I see men. I, I, I can discern that they're men, but they look like I perceive them to be trees. How many of us, we get partially healed and we try to go into a whole relationship? We, we almost were, we almost worthy. We're almost ready. But we still have tree perception. Why are these trees walking around? And so you're misjudging everything. But because we're so steeped in our own pride and we trust our lying eyes. We will go according to it. I'm not talking about just your physical eyeballs. I'm talking about your spiritual, your mental perception. You have to work on that. Here's how, you, here's how you work on that. You have to have people that are spiritual enough next to you. What do you see? This is why I don't trust anybody to make their own relationship choices. I don't even trust me. You can, 
My sister, I'm sure my sister, she probably in Vegas right now. She can attest to this. My sister Mia, my brother Do. I, I, had, I had multiple family members. When I found Karen, and I noticed I didn't bring the other girls. And that's why I messed up. Because I, I, I knew I was straight. But when I found this one, the right one, the only one for me. Put that in there. I was like, hey, um, I'm really digging her. I'm, 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 I'm trying to make her my boot. I'm really trying. I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying. I'm really trying. But tell me what you see. So I, I made sure that they flew. I, I made sure that they flew off to Chicago. I didn't have no money there, so I couldn't fly them out. And I sure couldn't fly there. I was like, hey, listen, can you find an excuse to come to L.A.? I just need you to sit with her. She could tell you this. I took her to the hotel room, and I just threw her in the room and left. I was like, Mia, what you think? Do you, is she good? She good? Paul, Paul, what you think, man? She good? You have to trust the perception of other people. Watch this. If you trust them, if you love them, if you believe they are who they need to be in God, you have to trust their sight more than yours in certain places. Because your sight is blurred by your desire. Your sight is blurred by your flesh. Your sight is blurred by what you think is real. And I can tell you the truth right now. There were some things that I presented to her and that she presented to me that were false. They were masks. Amen. Don't look at us like we create. You got, you got a mask. Some of y'all got a mask on right now. You're like, Hi. Like, no. So you need some people that are discerning enough that can be like, that's a mask. Boy, that ain't her hair. Girl, he said, what? He ain't got no money. That co that's Turo. That is not his. He rented that. Where's the insurance card? Where's registration? Is it his name? His name ain't Glenda. You need people with perspective. And so you have to make sure that you're doing your part to make sure you see right. Does that make sense? So work on it. Work on it. Don't just say, don't just wake up, mm, I see that. That's cool. Let's do it. No. Test your perception. Test your perspective. Ask other people around, do you see the same thing I see? Can you see this? Do you hear this? Determine the reality. But it's your responsibility to do so. Because once you get deceived, you're going to have all the sight you need. But it's on the other side of your deception. And here, here's what we said. And tell me if you ain't said it before. Why you ain't tell me? Because your nose was so wide open and your ears were so closed. You didn't want to hear nothing. We was telling you for weeks she was trash. But you was like gone. We told you he had a record. You know your uncle worked at the sheriff's department? We told you we seen him. So instead of allowing hindsight to be 2020, Add eyes. My perspective is informed because I didn't just trust my two, but I talked to you, and then I talked to you, and then I talked to y'all back there, and now I got a 360 vantage point on what I need to do. And so now when I take a step, it's an informed step. It's a wise step. It's a sought-out step. And success will ensue. We must be responsible for self-evaluation. Stop waiting for somebody to tell you you're wrong. Some of us, and I'm putting myself in this because I know I've done this. We will, we will do dirt all the way until the moment where it pop off. You'd be like right here. Why are you doing it, huh? Like this. 
you know you're wrong. Stop. Stop now. Just, just, just stop now. Evaluate where, where you are. Am I doing good? Well, let's keep doing more of that. Am I doing wrong? Well, let me stop that. Do not get wrapped up in your pride and keep going when you know you're in the wrong. And then when you get found out or when you're called on something, you, 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 you claim a space of individuality, yet you have no validity. Yes, you are an individual and you're individually wrong. Or you're an individual and you're doing good. You're doing right. Don't wait for people to validate your good work. Keep doing good. How many times have we become weary? Here's what the scripture says in well doing. Because we didn't get the accolade. No, I, I, I graded my paper. I know I'm doing right. I don't need you to come and pat me on my back. Listen, I appreciate every uh, uh, appreciation that I ever received as a pastor. I appreciate it. One of the reasons why we don't have appreciation services anymore here at Heavenly Vision, because we don't need them. We got sense. When I see you walking the way you're supposed to walk, amen. When I begin to evaluate the work that we're doing and people are stronger than they were one year, and okay, all right, all right, we going, we going. Now, here's the thing. When I see people weaker than they've been, I don't say, why are they weak? I can't stand these Christians. They need to stop doing it. I say, what do I need to do better as a pastor? Let me change it up. Let me turn the other, let me be honest. Let me be introspective. Let me deal with this. Stop waiting on people to be your barometer, to be your marker. When you get to the checkpoint, look around and see if you're at the same place than you were last year. You need to determine that. And if you're at a better place this year than you were last year, stop, praise God, pat yourself on the back, drink some water, and keep running. We have to throw you a party every year because you made it. And some of us, we will stop running because we didn't have a party. You the party. I made it, I made it, I made it. Let's go. I am the party. I will party all by myself. Let me get some good news. I'll party right there. My wife used to laugh at me. I, I, I dance at the, at the ATM. Hey, I, we won. I did good there. They deposited that right into the bank, didn't they? Man, Lord. Last thing, we must be responsible for our own destiny. There will be people that will come alongside you and that will help you along the way. They will pick up burdens. They will come with you. They will run with you. They will help you. Yes. But there's going to come a season where you're going to have to go it alone. Don't, don't act like you're in the valley. Don't get all distressed. Don't start singing sad songs. I'm talking about you all by yourself and you ain't got no help. You got help. You got help. But this one of them booths where it's one person at a time. Look, we all on the other side of the glass waiting for you to come through. Are we behind you like, go ahead so we can follow you when you fill in those seasons of isolation, just understand that's a moment in time where God wants you to build your own strength. I thank God for the men that carry me. I have some amazing men that carry me. I, by the grace of God, I should never hit the ground. By, by the grace of Jesus Christ, y'all should never catch me in a moral failure. Y'all shouldn't catch me in nobody's bed but Karen's. Not because I'm so great, but because I got a lot of hands on me. I got a lot of men that's like, well, hey, hey. But there's going to come a season when beyond their hands, I'm going to have to walk. And I'm going to have to make a right choice, not because somebody is watching me, but because that's what I desire to do. Your destiny, family, is in your hands. Can I prophesy to you? The enemy has no authority over your destiny. That's why the only weapon he uses is your past. 
He had, if he had authority over your destiny, he would, he would tear it down. And you wouldn't have anything to go to. But because he only has authority over that which has already happened, he has to keep beating you with your past so you lose sight of your destiny. But I, I, I'm declaring right now that you are going to build divine callus on your spiritual skin so that you don't even feel the past any longer. That now you begin to walk with such a grace knowing that I have a destiny and no matter what I've done no matter what listen I felt it I, I'm, I'm this morning in my closet I'm lamenting about decisions I've made about uh, things that I've done wrong about people I've hurt about families I've messed up and I lamented and I said you know what God forgive me but from this step forward I will do my very best to honor you and honor them and honor my destiny and so what you gonna do What are you going to do? Closing my notes, I'm asking you a sincere question. And you may, you may take, take the day, take the week, take the rest of August to determine what you're going to do. But you're going to have to be responsible, family. Here's what I've learned. If you forfeit your destiny, you can still be okay. I've seen some people be okay with being a part of other folks' destiny. I've seen some people be satisfied with being in the entourage. I've seen some people that have been satisfied eating at somebody else's table and living off somebody else's earnings. Thank you, Elder. But I believe I'm talking to a room full of people that says, you know what? That ain't me. God didn't put me on this earth just to exist. God didn't put me on this earth just to be on somebody else's coattail. He put me on this earth to change it. And so now I'm calling you to a level of responsibility. You can't say you weren't told. You cannot say that you weren't made aware. I know you've experienced some messed up stuff. I know you have enough scars that you can justify being pitiful for the remainder of your days. I know it. But I have another option for you. Be healed. Be whole. Be set free. Be responsible. Father, I lift up to you, my brothers and my sisters. We want what you want for us. Nothing more, nothing less. Make us a responsible people. Make us a people, Father. Hallelujah that are willing to be responsible for those we cover. That are willing to be responsible for ourselves. That, that are willing to carry burdens that don't even belong to us. That, 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 that are willing, Father God, to have proper perspective and to take hold and grasp of our destiny. We want to be those people. We don't want to hide behind excuses. We don't want to hide behind false perception. We don't want to hide behind any of those things that are not like you. We want to run strong. We want to be bold. We want to reach high. We want to earn much. We want to see you glorified in our lifetime. So make my brother responsible. Give them the ability to add understanding of purpose and worth to everything in their life that they will make the proper decisions so they will move forward and be responsible in the various spheres of their life bless my sister to do it try us test us father
because we want to engage in a life that's worth living. We declare it to be done and it is so. In Jesus' name.